Just as uh, Brother Ricky had started off, I also would like to recount a little bit the history of this fellowship and even uh, give a little fellowship about how this uh, particular meeting and the burden in this meeting has progressed over the last five years. Uh, I still remember um, quite vividly some of the uh, speaking that was being released in this little fellowship. And, you know, we don't seek to have a, a big following or, or to do something in a big way, but we surely appreciate a, a kind of opportunity to open up how the Lord has been leading us concerning this labor. And uh, I think uh, Ricky and I both would, would strongly agree that the last five years, we have experienced some unprecedented kind of anointing and leading in the direction of the work with the young people, like never before. And it's very much related to the publication of this book. Five years ago, we were still putting it together, and we were using it in our conferences, but it hadn't been published yet. And then the book came out. This is Raising Up the Next Generation for the Church Life. But what was coming out was really something that had been inspired or led through those chapters or those messages. And uh, in 2009 uh, was the beginning, at least in my, to my feeling, when we realized that our work with our second generation needs to be offensive. It needs to be active and aggressive and it should have an atmosphere of the gospel that for many years we were just preserving them. Our whole goal was to just try to keep them in the fold and not let them get away. And this represented a considerable turn in our attitude, our vision, our realization that the best way to keep them is to put them into function to preach the gospel. Put some gospel shoes on them, separate them from the age, and uh, lead them into a kind of a gospel uh, living. I still remember we were in a co-workers meeting, and we were opening this up to the brothers. And uh, as I was sharing this, I said something to the, to the effect like this. This may take us 10 years to work this out. And right away, I was wishing Brother Benjamin would be here because I want to remind him. He said, no, 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 it shouldn't take 10 years. Five years. So now here we are, five years later. Uh, how's it going <laughs> in your place? So uh, that's not to say that I, I'm right and he's wrong, but no, I appreciate his sentiment. No, no, no. don't wait. Don't wait. Let's, let's do this. Uh, let's work this out. Then the second step or the second uh, kind of phase or leading that we had was related to bringing the young people right away after their baptism into the small groups, into the home meetings, into the vital groups, to surround them with the brothers and sisters in a home meeting setting where they can be incorporated, integrated into the church life where they get to meet a lot of the saints in a normal setting. You know, uh, Rick, Ricky gave the testimony about serving with Max in the service group. We believe the home meetings are the ideal place because when they go to college, we want them in the homes. This is, this is a big part of our campus labor is to bring them into the homes. And we realize, what are we waiting for? Uh, not all of them in one home meeting, but they should begin to be blended with the brothers and sisters in a normal way. And then as they work out this gospel burden, they have somewhere to bring their friends. And those saints, hopefully, would have a burden for that, would uh, pray for them, for them and their friends. And uh, long before they go to college, they're already, they're already functioning like this. And it's quite natural. This was a second uh, kind of phase to the leading. It, and it became so clear. It was so clear. And we were, we were uh, blowing the trumpet. We were playing the, our, the one string on our guitar. Uh, you know, we were just uh, really promoting this quite a bit. Then the, uh, th that was probably in our fellowship. See, I, I put this in years. 2009 was the gospel, we call it gospel seeds. 
2010 was the church life, bring them into the church life through the homes. 2011, when we opened up this matter of the present direction of the work with the young people, uh, where we were touching, we were recapping some of these things like the gospel, the homes, and uh, the need for a proper humanity and also to recover the dormant ones. This was kind of a, uh, this was our fellowship in this meeting. Then, then last year or two years ago in, in 2012, it was the proper spiritual exercises message given by Brother Lee in 1968 where he outlines what young people in the churches should be doing. It was quite, it's very clear, it's vividly clear. He said the first thing is the fervent preaching of the gospel. I don't know if your junior hires and high schoolers are involved in the fervent preaching of the gospel, but that's what he thought. And so I understand that to be the standard. I mean, I, I'm not going to feel peaceful until that becomes natural, normal. This is just what we do. Uh, then then uh, the second item, he said, is that they should bear responsibility in the church meetings. How's your teenagers doing in the church meetings? He said they should bear responsibility in their spiritual family. All of this needs shepherding. You know, to cause them to become active in the gospel, you can't just make an announcement on the Lord's Day or give an inspiring message on Saturday night to the young people's meeting. This is going to need some shepherding, some real uh, burdened saints to work this out. And then uh, the same with even functioning in the meetings, you know, uh, helping them to release their spirit. They need to sit with you and you show them. Say, do what I do and let's stand and declare this and let's sit on the front. And, you know, you just bring them in to the church life. The meetings of the church is, the, is a big part of the church life. That was the second activity, function that they should do. The third was serving in the children's work. He made a big point about this. He said they need to bear this double responsibility, preaching the gospel and serving the children. You know, all of these things became a kind of uh, uh, challenge. Uh, how to bring the children, uh, the young people, to serve in the children's meetings. Again, you can't just make an announcement and assign them, you know, Maybe you can, and, and you'll get one kind of result, but it really requires a kind of perfecting. Well, now you can begin to pick up how intense is this labor. This is not something you can do uh, lightly or easily. The uh, fourth matter that he mentioned in this message on proper spiritual activities was serving in other areas of the church, ushering and here and there. And, and brothers, I, I believe... Uh, according to the testimony Brother Ricky gave, is really true. The more they can be involved with the, with the other saints in a, in a <clears throat> serving setting, the better it is. <clears throat> so this was a big emphasis. Bring them into serving together with us. Bring them to serve with us. This was a big, a big uh, part of the burden. Then last year, we, we came up with this kind of fellowship about the structure of the young people's work, truth, life, the church, and the gospel. And what that was, those four pillars, is a summary of our last five years. It's just the summary of the gospel, the church life, uh, by the way of life, and according to the truth, for sure. So uh, I mentioned this as just kind of a <clears throat> remind you of how the Lord has been leading us. And... Uh, Tonight, uh, I, I put together a, an outline, and we'll, probably like, like we did in the first session, I don't, I don't want to give a message. I don't think we have the feeling that this is a, any kind of a ministry meeting. This is not our, our feeling at all, but kind of a fellowship, like a talk. We'd share with you what, <clears throat> what's on our heart. Now, <clears throat> before we start to read through this outline together, um, I would like to mention two... Uh, Two things. Uh, first of all, when, as I travel around to many places, countries and cities and places, to fellowship 
to children's work, to the young people's work, teachers' trainings, and so forth, there is a very common theme that comes up nearly every time, and that is <clears throat> the saints uh, are more and more needing help in their service. And mostly they're asking for materials and methods, how to do this. And we're finding that the saints in the churches are becoming less and less willing to put out any kind of effort to serve. I'll give you an example. Uh, you'll have a, a church where you'll have a children's meeting rotation of four, five, six weeks. Well, how could you truly care for the children if you're only seeing them once every six weeks? You may not even know their names. And so as we would try to impress them, no, no, you need to be more intimately involved with these kids. In the old days, we served every other week. And then when we, when we went up from that, we did two out of three or something like that where there was some continuity. Uh, but when we presented a thought, maybe to serve more frequently so you can have more of a feeling for these kids and minister something to them, they said, oh, no, 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 that would not work here. That would not work here. The saints are not willing to uh, serve that frequently. And then they also wanted materials, like lessons that were very detailed and written out. Uh, the same is true, you know, when the young people's work. They're often asking, you know, what should we cover? What lessons would you do? You know, journeys to the Bible or life lessons or messages for building up new believers. And we're trying to find the best materials. But there's something fundamental that's missing in all of this. And uh, what we put on this outline, it's, it's a burden. Serving with a burden. Uh, having a heart. You know, the, even in the first session, uh, the fellowship about shepherding with an intimate concern is the same. It's shepherding with a burden. It's having a burden. And... Uh, we pulled out a, uh, we found this, well, a couple years ago, this book came out, The Administration of the Church and the Ministry of the Word. Its message is given in 1957 in Taiwan as Brother Lee was perfecting the, uh, the churches there. Um, <clears throat> right around the time Austin Sparks came the second time and caused all the problems was when this was spoken. And uh, the second chapter He's talking about the problems of the administration of the church and the ministry of the word. And of course, we're borrowing that to apply it to this fellowship, the young people. And he said the number one problem is the brothers serving without a burden. Not having a burden is the biggest problem. So, <clears throat> um, in this book... These were messages, the normal way of fruit bearing and shepherding for the building up of the church, were messages given by Brother Lee in 1974 and 75 here in Anaheim, right after the church began here, and it was, it was a training to the service group leaders. And he had the same kind of fellowship. It was very, very personal perfecting that he did in these meetings. Uh, I was there under this kind of intense kind of uh, speaking, where he was telling us to uh, pick up a burden. He said, you don't have a burden? He says, pick up a burden. Uh, this is, Monaro mentioned this last night in the meeting. He said, don't say you don't have light. There's light everywhere. He, that's, that's when he was saying that. You need to go to the Lord and get, get the light. So we got, this outline is compiled mostly from these two, these two sources. Um, and I'll, I'll say more about these books in a minute. But let's, let's begin to read through this, and I'll just comment a little here and there. Okay? Church service, well, serving the young people with a burden and being specific in our care. Church service is mainly for ministering life to others. The best opportunity for us to minister life to others is in the service groups to help the saints not primarily to carry out the service, Rather, we should fellowship with them and minister life to them so that they may grow. 
serving together with us, cleaning the hall, doing the, the gardening, serving on children's meeting, mainly to serve together with us, bringing them to serve side by side. And then he began to work on us. So he first of all presented it. Our primary function is not to get the job done. It's not efficiency. Most of the time we, we try to find the most efficient way to do our service. He said that's not the purpose of, of serving. The purpose of serving is to care for people, to minister life to people. And so now he says, okay, for us to minister life, we need a life and work that flow out from our love for the Lord in order to maintain our victory. If we do not have a revived living or a labor in shepherding, we will not be overcoming for long. There will be no way for us to maintain our victory. What maintains us in the victory is a life and work of love toward the Lord. This point mentions a, a kind of secret in service, and that is this, to maintain our victory. You could say to maintain our vitality in the Lord, to be living and fresh. You need two things. You need to love the Lord, love him freshly every day. But you also need a labor in shepherding. We never would think this. If you don't have both of these, you can't be vital for very long. Uh, I, I believe this is like a mystery. This is like a secret, one of the trade secrets. You want to be living. You know, sometimes we'll come to a training like this and we'll become vitalized. We'll be revived. And then it's gone. You know, after a week, we, our vitality drains away, we didn't know how to maintain our victory. And the secret to maintaining our victory is to shepherd somebody. On one hand, we love the Lord. On the other hand, we shepherd others. And this is right out of John 21. The Lord was recovering Peter from his failure, and he's recovered his love. And right away, he said, okay, feed the lambs. Um, we need both. You know, we should learn this even in our care for the students, whether it's our high schoolers or junior hires. They go to the mountains, they get on fire, they come down, they don't know how to maintain their victory. This is why their preaching the gospel and being active in the gospel can become a secret to maintaining their victory. Their love for the Lord could be maintained by their action, their activity in serving others. I believe what's opened up here is just a tremendous uh, principle in the spiritual life. Um, so he goes on. Okay, every day we need re renewal. This renewal has to be refreshed day by day. Every morning we should allow the Lord Jesus, our Son, to rise up in us so that we can be renewed. Actually, in this chapter, chapter 1 of this book, he gives us four steps. To, to carry this out. And the first one is this. Every day we have to contact the Lord. Open ourselves up to Him. To love Him. We have to love Him freshly. Love Him intimately. Touch Him sweetly. And love Him. Then the second point is that we need to uh, be dealt with by Him. We have to come to Him. That we're so small. We're so narrow. We don't have a burden. We, we don't have a heart for this. How come I don't have a burden? How come I don't have a, uh, a, you know, a kind of function? Deal with him. Deal with the world. Deal with the sin. Deal with the flesh. The third thing he said is that now you have to pick up somebody. Pick up an interest in people. Not an interest in, in, in work, but an interest in people. Pick up a burden. Pick up a burden. He said, you know, in this training he would, he would ask the brothers, you know, did you, did you go pray? Did you touch the Lord? Did you spend time with the Lord? He'd call, he'd call the brothers out by name. Did you, did you pray? Yeah, yeah, did you pray? Did you pick up a burden? Yeah, yeah, he picked up a burden. What's his name? Yeah, <laughs> give me his name. My brother Lee was very, very specific. Well, uh, you know, just the young people. No, 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 he said, go back, do it again. <laughs> 
do-over. Uh, he was very specific. He wanted to know who. I still remember, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't tell you who, who said what, but anyway, very good. <laughs> um, and then he said, we, fourth thing is, we have, to be, we have to learn to be interested in people. This, this is a, uh, a book that I would strongly recommend anyone who touches second generation, children, young people, junior high. This, this book, and you can't just read it once, you got to labor on this book. It will, it will touch you to the very bottom of your being. I still remember uh, taking this with me to Moscow. I was there for two weeks, and I was in this apartment upstairs. It was Benson's apartment that they used for the visiting brothers. And I was uh, taking like a chapter or half a chapter every day, and, and then I was just, I was just kneeling there and, and praying. You can see my book. It's just a it's just a mess, a complete mess, because uh, over and over again, uh, it's dealing with the Lord about my disposition, about my character. About, uh, so I I would strongly recommend this. It's called the Normal Way of Fruit Bearing and Shepherding for the Building Up of the Church. <clears throat> After we've had a thorough dealing with the Lord, and pick up a burden. We must learn to be interested in people and involved with people. We need to pick up a burden for specific persons. One to have this section of the outline here because of this word burden, because we're we're talking about serving with a burden. In our care for the young saints, we should consider ourselves as a small nursing mother and an exhorting, consoling father. The Apostle Paul was a person who who always spent and was spent because his disposition was fully dealt with by the Lord, it was soft, bendable, flexible, and applicable to any situation. He was on earth for nothing else but to gain people. That's why he, that's why he could gain people. So, <clears throat> um, now maybe I'm going to trouble us a little bit. You know, uh, we lose at least half of our young people. And uh, it might be that we can sleep quite peacefully when year after year our own second generation are, are going away. Maybe we just say it's, and Brother Lee said this several times, I could show you in the ministry, it's, it's really the Lord's mercy. But that would apply to everything. That would apply to our campus work. It would apply to our our uh, preaching the gospel in the community, our knocking on doors, our neighborhood children's meeting. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't labor. And so uh, Brother Lee was really trying to provoke, trouble the brothers. How is it that we can serve year after year and the situation remains the same and there's no, no, no change with us, no effect? Um, me too so let's read Roman 2 together okay the greatest problem in the administration of the church and the ministry of the word is not having a burden not receiving a burden or not paying attention to a burden it is not a matter of how well we can administrate but whether our serving is effective and touch people. When he says administrate, maybe we would put in there coordinate. You know, we can coordinate. We can have a summer school of truth. We can coordinate a conference. We can administrate a a schedule, a a line of fellowship. We always want to know what's the best thing to cover with young people. And, you know, in the last session, we brought up this terrible topic that we're dealing with. And, None of us are equipped to know how to deal with this, uh, but this we're in, we're in a war, and you have to improvise. You have to, if you don't have weapons, you got to throw rocks, you know, uh, and you got to get good at throwing rocks. Uh, you, but we got to win, you know. When Brother Lee released these message, these messages uh, on the problems. 
I mentioned 1957. In those days, they were giving messages on the Lord's Day morning. And uh, so a lot of the portions, you know, are that, ministering to the saints. But we speak to the young people a lot. I mean, every Saturday night in the young people's meeting, somebody is speaking to the young people. So I thought it's very applicable to our, our situation. We must seek the Lord concerning the issue of our speaking and whether the saints are touched. It is a matter of what is produced in the saints. Good point. If some are not yet saved, we should receive a burden to bear their souls by the Lord's grace to sow the seed of salvation into them when we release the word. Our burden is salvation, not the release of a dynamic word. Some of us, our burden is to give a good message. You know, uh, he said, uh, that's not our burden. It could be a pitiful message, but he's got to get saved. He's got to get saved. You know, and you also get this same kind of feeling in here when he's talking about these girls, this uh, 15-year-old girl who's very burdened for the 10-year-old girls. And uh, let me read a, a portion here. Uh, for this purpose, the Lord even needs the teenagers. See, I mean, in his mind, teenagers are just like the saints. I hope that the older teenagers will pick up the burden to care for those in junior high school. According to my observation, we have many 10-year-old, 11-year-old, and 12-year-old sisters, but there are no teenage sisters taking care of them. Therefore, we need some young sisters to give themselves for this. After their reconsecration, the girls' reconsecration, and dealing with the Lord, they should say, Lord, I pick up this burden. I give myself to care for the junior high girls. This is my service. I will pick them up and I will bear them all the way to the New Jerusalem. If some teenagers will do this, they will have the Lord's presence with them and they will see the blessing. We cannot tell how far the Lord will go with these young ones. Perhaps this kind of service, they will become useful in the Lord's re- Perhaps by this kind of service, they will become useful in the coming years. Okay. Then he goes on. Um, uh, he mentioned another. Then we can pick up the burden for some specific persons. We should make a list of their names. Always keep it in front of us and pray for them one by one. A teenage sister, he says it again, may pray, Lord, this one is still not saved. Lord, I will never be at peace until I see her saved. Lord, even for my sake, you must save her. We may be too spiritual and say, Lord, this is not for my sake. However, the Lord may say, because you have a genuine burden for this one, I will save her for your sake. Eventually, the sister will see the little one being saved. See, when you talk about bringing the young people into the gospel, this is what we're talking about, bringing them into this, to be so burdened. But of course, we ourselves, eventually the sister will see the little one be saved. After this, she may say, Lord, this little one is now saved, but she does not love you. I can never be satisfied with this. Do something in her so that she will love you, Lord, as I love you. Again, the sister will see the Lord answer her prayer. Likewise, the older generation must be burdened and pray in the same way. They don't love you, Lord. They come to the meetings, but they don't love you. I could never be at rest if they don't love you. And then, see, on this, on this outline point, it's the same thing here. He says, if they are saved but do not love the Lord, our burden should be for them to love the Lord. If they love the Lord but are not willing to give themselves to the Lord and receive his dealing, our burden should be for them to willingly give themselves to the Lord and be dealt with by him. This is the ministry of the word with a burden. What this means, brothers and not sisters, brothers, is somehow those of us that are taking the lead need to learn how to impart a burden, how to challenge the saints to pick up a burden and receive something from the Lord. This is my area of service. This is what the Lord has measured to me. I cannot see the Lord without, you know, with my talent just buried in the earth. I have to produce uh, a result. 
Point B says this. Now, now it touches something about um, having a certain kind of feeling, sense, concerning their condition before God. We need to know the condition of those who come to listen to a message. We could say to come to our young people's meeting. They might not have any feeling concerning their own condition, but we need to be clear and full of feeling concerning their condition. You know, there's a verse, uh, Ricky reminded me of this, Proverbs 27, 23. Know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. Know well the condition of your flocks. It's very good. It's Proverbs, it's on the outline, the last, Proverbs 27, 23. And Paul in Philippians 1, 8, familiar verse, God is my witness how I long after you all in the inward parts of Christ Jesus. Even the verse we pray read before about yearning in this way over you. Uh, the kind of emotion and the kind of feeling that is conveyed in that word yearning. What was Paul doing there? He was a mother yearning. I don't even know what, how to describe that. I don't even know if I understand that. Yearning. But I know if there is this kind of feeling in our shepherding, in our contacting the young people, there will be a result. The yearning. Even for their salvation, he said, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own souls. In giving them the gospel, they imparted their yearning uh, soul into these young ones under their care. I, I, I'm troubled, or I'm, I'm a little, um, uh, hopefully my, my spirit is right and not judgmental, but I, I worry that we are for a very efficient young people's work that may not get much result at all. And then it's hard to get serving ones, and we're trying to make announcements and charge people to come and serve. But uh, the Lord, my, my point in opening up the last five years is to, is to open up this matter. My heart is, the Lord has been leading us in such a dynamic way. This is enough. Pick it up. Work it out. Work this out. I know this matter of the gospel is not an easy thing. And this is why we have been very desperate and urgent that we need to go back to the children's work to begin this process at five years old. It's almost too late if you wait till junior high. And so now we're, that's another, another kind of sense, another kind of leading. We have to go back and look at our children's work again because our children's work should prepare them for this. And if our children's work could prepare them for this, it would make this part of our service so much easier. And that, this is part of the, the vision of the pipeline or the, the labor. It's a staircase where the base is the children's work, the young people are standing on that base, the campus work reaps that. They get all the benefit. We sow them to the university campuses as co-workers, groomed from five years old. But I know our sharing, and we're speaking the same thing, we're blowing a trumpet, but it, it won't work it out. There has to be groups of saints in the churches that would pick this up and say, I cannot rest until it's normal for our young people to be preaching the gospel, for our young people to be in the home meetings and, and functioning in the church. It might be a long way off, wherever you are, in, in most of our places, it's still a long way off. But we should never not accept that. You understand what I mean? We never would make an excuse. Oh, that will never work here. We need, a, we need groups of saints that will come together and lay hold of this, and I'll bear this all the way to the New Jerusalem. You know, that kind of spirit. <clears throat> so we need to know their condition. You know, recently I was with the, uh, Isaac is here, we were with a group of serving ones in Irvine, and we were having a little planning retreat. We had gone away to have some prayer and fellowship about the direction of the work, and I was startled 
as we begin to fellowship about this matter of the gospel. I'll just open up something. And it, it occurred to me that the present social climate in America, you know, some of you are from other countries and maybe it's the same there, but the present social climate among the liberal education and the liberal philosophy is that there's no God, there's no sin, there's no right and wrong, it's this moral relativism, it's okay for me, but it might be wrong for you, and you know, we're, we're enjoying diversity and tolerance, and, and it's all this kind of no clear standards, no moral compass, there's no right and wrong, and these kids are pickled with this kind of philosophy. So when I have to go preach the gospel and I tell them, you need Jesus, they're going to say, why? Well, you're a sinner. Are you judging me? You know, there's just this, there's this philosophy that everybody's okay. Everybody's good. So even how to preach the gospel, we're almost completely without, without words. We don't know what to say. Or else they'll, you'll get that reaction that we're condemning people, we're critical, and we don't want to just talk about peace and joy and happiness like that. Brothers, I, I, I'm just opening up here. This is a quandary. We have to learn how to preach the gospel in this age, in this philosophy. You know, Paul did it in Acts. You know, he's there with uh, in Athens, and and he knew how to uh, preach the gospel in a very thoughtful and so brothers we need a lot of help and we need everybody we're all laboring on this we're all pursuing this and then we can learn from one another how to break through in a school Brother Lee talks about turning over a school a junior high school let's do it But, you know, if you just set up a schedule to serve once every four weeks and you pass it out to the serving ones and you say, okay, we're going to be going through this lesson book and that lesson book. And it matters. It doesn't matter if you do and it doesn't matter if you don't. And we'll never, never make any progress. We need to sense their condition and know what God wants to speak to them. You know, in Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty nine, 29, he says, Who is weak, and I'm not weak? Who is stumbled, and I myself do not burn? He knew who, who he was talking to. He knew their condition, and it burned him. It just burned him. They may be able to sit and listen peacefully week after week, but we cannot speak peacefully week after week. We need to receive the burden to disturb and trouble them so that even if they come to the meeting peacefully, they will be inwardly disturbed when they leave. <laughs> you understand what he means? It means you just sowed a, a word into them that's going to give them no rest. Maybe it's a word of burden. If we are not concerned that our speaking does not produce any effect in those who listen, we do not have a burden. This situation indicates that those who speak and those who listen are in a routine. This is the condition of degraded Christianity. Brothers, we have to be terrified of routine uh, in our service with the children and young people. Romans 3. How do, you, how do you find this? This is kind of exposing. Having a burden means... Very good. What does it mean to have a burden? Having a burden means that we have a goal which we must reach. If we have not reached our goal or are unable to produce the expected result, we should be concerned. If we're able to serve even though there is no result, we do not have a burden. You know, I, was, I put the, the verses here from John 10. You may be familiar with this this portion where it speaks about the hirelings. Um, in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the flock, for the sheep. Let me find it here. Um, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down, this is verse 11. He who is a hireling and not the shepherd 
whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He describes a hireling. You're just a hired hand, you know. And it mentions whose own the sheep are not. They don't own them. They're no difference. He flees because he is a hireling, and it does not matter to him concerning the sheep. Isn't that powerful in our service? It has to matter to us. We're not just hirelings. These are our, these are our babies. These are our children. Uh, we can never serve as a, as a kind of hireling. Uh, okay. If the serving brothers, whether they serve in the children's work or in the young people's work, have this kind of consciousness, they will succeed. <laughs> then he, he throws something in here. Complaining that we fail because we are weak shows that we lack a burden. In other words, he goes, you know, what can I do? You know, I'm not gifted. Uh, I've only been in the church 15 years. Uh, just a weak brother. Um, complaining that we, are, we fail because we are weak shows that we lack a burden. Every serving one must be burdened to the extent that he feels responsible if the work does not succeed. <clears throat> you know how Brother Lee and, sorry, uh, uh, and during those Taiwan days, God-ordained way, he gave them numbers, he gave them goals, he gave them, even when he was talking about the children's work, you know, we, we talk about this many times, 10,000 children, he gave them numbers, a goal. And because when you get a goal, then you can have specific prayers. Have you noticed that most of our prayers related to the work are not specific, they're general. It's not that detailed. And he says here, if you want to have a burden, that means you have a goal. How many do you want in your young people's meeting on Saturday night? For the last five, five months, we've only got 50. But Lord, 75, 75. And now we pray with the serving ones. 75, Lord, 75. And maybe your burden isn't just the number, but also, what are we going to cover? You know, during this month, we're going to be on the gospel. So we want 75 there, because we're going to infuse them. And you pray. If, you, if we pray like this, I believe the Lord would answer these kind of prayers. But often our coordination is like this. Uh, uh, who's on Saturday night? Uh, Durham, uh, you have a burden? Uh, no, no, no. How, how about Don? You have any feeling for Saturday night? And then uh, Mike, he goes, oh, I have a little something. Oh, amen. Good, good. Why don't you, why don't you take, uh, take care of the meeting? Uh, that, it's kind of like that, you know. I've been in so many of those kind of coordination meetings. <laughs> but how about we had a goal? And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got 11, 10, 10 items of, of benchmarks that we could throw into our work anywhere. <clears throat> we also need to study the result of our gospel preaching. I love this point. Because the Lord led us to, to this matter of gospel seeds and uh, we need to study the result of our gospel preaching. We should consider why many remain unsaved, even though there are so many sinners. Some brothers should rise up to receive the burden to preach the gospel until someone is saved. We must have a burden. <clears throat> to say that it's easy to lose their burden, to say that it is easy to lose their burden after a period of time, some say, I'm sorry, some say that it's easy to lose their burden after a period of time. However, those who have been shown mercy receive burdens continually. It's a serious problem if our burden disappears after we have worked for some time. However, a Christian can continue to work out of obligation even though he has no burden because his conscience will bother him if he stops working. Some, some I like to say, we're faithful. We're faithful. One time uh, I was getting ready to, uh, well, we were starting a, a kind of uh, preaching, teaching kind of meeting in, in Irvine where I was on the Lord's Day, and we were going to be speaking some 
new believer kind of words to the saints, you know, perfecting them. And it was like a third session that we were going to have. And um, Menorah and I were coordinating this. And so anyway, I had to give my, it was my turn to, to speak. And then after that, I asked Brother Monroe for some perfecting, some personal kind of perfecting. And, and uh, he, you know, he said a few things. But one of the things that he said to me that really, uh, really struck me is he said, every message should have a soul. You know, the outline may be points, may be the skeleton. But it should have a soul. In other words, a personality, a it's hard to, hard to describe, but it's true. And sometimes our work doesn't have a soul. It has a structure. It has a framework. It has a schedule. It has uh, materials. But the burden is missing. So it's hard to have any kind of uh, effect. Um. I'll read one again, little one. However, a Christian can continue to work out of obligation even though he has no burden because his conscience will bother him if he stops working. Whenever our service becomes a matter of fulfilling an obligation, our service has already degraded. Genuine service is not a matter of obligation, but a matter of burden. Burden always goes beyond obligation. Um, Maybe just to fellowship, you know, being, being able to serve in the full-time training here in Anaheim with trainees. We have 100 trainees that are on the young people, children and young people's teams. And um, we're doing our very best to study uh, and perfect them in their service and to give them the real secrets of long-term service. So when they're finished and they go back, they will know, not how to, how to carry out a meeting, not how to give a message, but how to shepherd others and how to bring them from one stage to another stage to another stage and higher and higher. At the end of this book, Brother Lee tells us that we should shepherd people according to the stages of the experience of life. That we should know the experience of life and be able to bring them, if they're saved, to clear their past, to consecrate, to deal with their sins. Um, a few years ago when we were on this matter of bringing them into a gospel living, we fellowshiped how we need to uh, have meals with them, have talks with them, infusing them with a burden until they are more burdened than we are. This doesn't come in a meeting. It doesn't come in a message. It comes in conversations of imparting, uh, infusing a burden. And then, then they, they, uh, they could carry out something. And it's on them. It's, they feel it. It's on their shoulders. Um, this needs some, some of us, all of us, to, to, uh, to labor to do this. But in the training, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help them to understand that they should have measurable progress you know, they come and they serve on the team for two years and they may be shepherding the same young people for two years. And maybe during those two years, their young people, their little flock of four or five, stopped meeting, didn't go to the conferences, were not in the church meetings, were not even in the young people's meetings. And, you know, and so the question, what are you doing? Did you pray? You know, did you, does it matter uh, to you that you're going to graduate and go back to your place and the ones that you've been caring for may not have, they may have digressed they, rather than advancing and you've been caring for them. That doesn't look good on your resume. I mean, <laughs> and so we're trying to light a little fire of desperation into the trainees. And, I, and so this touched something within me. This, this should be the kind of desperation that's within all of us. We, you know what, saints, and this is maybe, maybe I'm, I'm going to speak rashly, and I don't want to speak rashly, but it has become so common 
that we lose our young people that it's almost to a point we expect it. it we just calculate that into our, into our numbers. Uh, and, you know, only the Lord knows what, but, you know, what, what is acceptable or what is normal. But anyway, I just, I just wanted to open this up. But I know the things that the Lord has been leading us are not going to be worked out through speaking at a conference or a young people's meeting. It's going to take some intense prayer, coordination, and labor. I believe in every, every locality there should be a core group of saints, five, six, eight saints, who will pray for the names of these young people, will understand their condition, will have a burden, and will begin to labor for some measurable, uh, tangible uh, result. So here, let, let me, uh, Roman uh, 4, some areas where we can measure the progress of our labor on the young people in the church life. A, and maybe not all, all ten of these items, but just take one, you know, in your care for this young brother or this young sister, pick up one, one or two of these points and, and pray with your, your companion with this point. It depends on what, they, what it is that they need. Do they come to the young people's meetings? Of course, we put Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking, the assembling together. Do they attend the Lord's table and the prophesying meetings? Maybe we don't even expect them anymore. Um, and maybe then, okay, so that's going to make you stop and think. Why don't they come to the, young, the table meeting and the prophesying meeting? Well, they don't understand it. It's, it's a big people. It's the adults meeting. And, and they don't like it. They don't understand it. Okay, so what should we do about that? We have to shepherd them. We have to talk to them. We have to have meals with them, have conversations with them about, what we do on the Lord's Day morning and how our prophesying will build the ark that will end the age. And we bring them into it and then maybe we contact them once or twice a week in the Holy Word for Morning Revival to bring them into the feeling of that week's Holy Word so that when they sit in that prophesying meeting, they have some idea of what is going on there. And then next week, how about you share something? We'll, we'll prepare together. See, every, every one of these items needs the first message to, to work it out. You know, in, uh, uh, I forget when it was, Brother Lee was talking about Ephesians 4, um, about how the ascended Christ gave gifts to the body, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. And then um, he said, um, to carry out, this is when he was on this point about shepherding, every one of those gifts function by shepherding. The apostles, what did they do? What did Paul do and his companions? They went by the river and they preached the gospel to Lydia, one-on-one, -on -one, and then to the jailer in his house. And then that's, that's how they wrote, raised up churches. It was one-by-one, face-to-face with people. And how do, you, how do you be an evangelist? It's the same. You and prophets, the same. It's, it's all in the context of shepherding. Point C, are they, uh, are they joined to a home meeting with the saints? You know, we fellowshiped a lot about this. The young people need their own kind of church life, their own folks, their own, you know, what does it say in Hebrews 10, 24? But let us consider one another so as to incite one another to love and good works. They need somebody that's considering them. They're their own assembly. It's their assembly. And uh, this needs a certain kind of shepherding. Do they have an active burden for the gospel in their schools? Another question. This is something, we'll pick this up. You know, for this brother, uh, Ray, this, we re I really am burdened about Ray. So I have meals with him. I'm going to have coffee, you know, a lot of conversations. Bring him into this kind of burden. Do they have spiritual companions to pursue the Lord with? Also an item that we'd like to. And this gives us something to pray specific prayers about. You and your companion praying for them. Lord, Daniel needs a companion. You know, who could be his companion? And then you're considering. You pray, you consider, you pray. I know who would be a good companion. Bob would be a great companion for Daniel. Lord, how to bring them together. Now, how, how are we going to work this out? They don't even like each other.
but they'd be good companions. What should we do? How? You know, everything requires a lot of burden. It needs burden. You know, you give a message on companions. You know, Daniel and his companions. We all need companions. And, and uh, but who's going to work this out? Who will do that? Do they, do they go to the young people's conferences? Recently, we had a young people's conference. We had the most numbers that we've ever had in recent years. We had about 275 at our high school sisters conference and about 255 at the high school brothers conference. Together, that's uh, 500 and something if we had them all together. There's no, we're running out of camps that can hold us. Um, but if you were to extrapolate down to find out how many young people, the percentage of, we're probably somewhere between 35 and 40% of our young people that were at the conference. Some places maybe they get 100% or they get 80 or 90, but um, you know, here we are shepherding young people and we're actively contacting them, but they, they don't go. Did you pray? Did you pray for them to go? Did you talk? And maybe we didn't, we didn't think, we didn't work like that. Sorry, maybe I'm uh, over, over speaking here. Gee, are they practically serving in the church? For example, children's meetings. Do they have morning revival by themselves or with others? Do they regularly read the Bible? Do they pray? Are they actively reading the ministry? Aren't these all things that we would, would, we would consider would be lovely, maybe normal, would we dare say that this would be normal for a teenager? But you can tell all of these need a group of saints that would have a burden. If we didn't have a burden, it's going to be hard to work any of these out. Um, this is a fellowship that I'm going to be giving to the, to the team on Wednesday. And I'm going to trouble them. Uh, and uh, some of them that are in their fourth term are going to be very troubled because they're getting ready to leave and maybe uh, they feel like they haven't um, really broken through. But how good, you know, um, I feel very good about that if, if the trainees, and now I'm talking in the context of the trainees, they would come to me and they'd say, you know, I've been burdened for this sister for, for two years and I'm, I'm really afraid. She's, she's going to graduate from high school this this June, and she still hasn't broken through. What, what do I do? How do I? Boy, I like that. Tears, you know, uh, because it indicates a kind of burden. But saints, it's very difficult to carry out the kind of leading that we've had uh, without this kind of detailed, specific shepherding, uh, prayer, and, and shepherding. Well, I, I think that's about all that I should say. Uh, I don't know if, I, I think it might be good for us to share, if you, you have something to share. I, I didn't feel, again, I didn't want to give a message. I, I hope this is a uh, proper kind of spirit. And Jane, I don't know, maybe Ricky would have something to say. Yeah. Well, I didn't come to give a good message. <laughs> I came because I have a burden. <laughs> The two books that I, actually there's three, um, and I'll tell you the third one. Um, <clears throat> the first one is well, the administration of the church and the ministry of the word. You know, brothers, the second problem, he covers only two problems. Number one is no burden. Number two is a lack of coordination. The saints are not willing to coordinate. They won't take the time to coordinate. He said this is the greatest form of pride. Because it is it, the greatest form of pride because it means you don't have the feeling that you need others. Uh, it's serious. I mean, this chapter two uh, basically turned me up on my head. I, uh, I have a hard time. And this book, this one will, will cause you a lot of problems. I, I, would, I would encourage you to get those kind of problems. <laughs> Sorry, the normal way of fruit bearing and shepherding for the building up of the church. Oh, the third one, I'm sorry. Elders Training Book 11. Also given right around the same time as
the messages on the vital groups. And these are, of course, elders' training books are in the context of the elders, but all the saints. And he speaks a lot about knowing the flock, knowing the condition of the ones under your care, their spiritual condition, and being concerned about them and their spiritual condition. Um, the administration of the church and the ministry of the word. The administration of the church and the ministry of the word. You know, over these last few years, some of these books have really uh, become alive. Another one was perfecting the church. No, no. Shepherding the church and perfecting the young people. Another book. Just awesome. In our service. Applying it to our work with the young people. 